Welcome to the Cosmos in You podcast, where we interview scientists, philosophers, and leading thinkers to discuss the nature of our reality and the impact it has on our daily lives. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three of the Cosmos in You. This is your host, Susanna Scully. I am so excited to be back. For those of you who have been listeners to the podcast, welcome back. I've missed you all, and I have loved all of your notes to me, and I'm just really excited to to launch season three. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome. I'm also really excited to have you here. This podcast is about exploring the nature of reality and how it applies to our daily lives and just excited to have all of you here. A few housekeeping items. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can be sure to not miss any of the episodes. You can do that on my website or you can do it straight on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, And then the second thing is, if you haven't already, is to rate and review the podcast. The reason I ask is because when you do that, then it helps to spread the word, which then enables us to get even more continued great guests on the show as the word spreads um, and and continue to expand this conversation. So I really appreciate that. All right, great. So now we are on to our first guest. I'm so, so excited. Today we have internationally renowned best-selling author, spiritual medium, teacher, and inspirational speaker, Rebecca Rosen, who has made it her mission to demystify and open the lines of communication between the spirit world and our day-to-day world. Her incredibly accurate and detailed readings have amazed and empowered clients and led Rebecca to national media appearances on The Dr. Oz Show, E! News Specials, Fox & Friends, Dr. Phil, Entertainment Tonight, Extra, Nightline, Rachel Ray Show, among many others. In addition to her two books, Spirited, published in 2012, and Awaken the Spirit Within, which was published in 2013, Rebecca's television show, The Last Goodbye, aired for six weeks in 2015 on Lifetime Movie Network. So check that out. Um, Through the show, Rebecca connected people seeking answers from their deceased family and loved ones and shed light on the truth that death is not the end and love never dies. Her newest book is What the Dead Have Taught Me About Living Well, where she answers the questions she's asked most frequently. How can my departed loved ones help guide me to live my best life? Rebecca resides in Denver with her two children and travels internationally to share her gift um, and teach others how to receive wisdom and insight that she can profoundly and positively impact their lives. And for more information on Rebecca, her readings, her speaking engagements, her spiritual growth products, uh, you can visit her website, RebeccaRosen.com. So in this episode, we discuss the five most important lessons the dead have taught her about living well. By the way, I think I'm going to put these five things up in my office somewhere for me to remember. Um, what what our spirit team is and how we can communicate with them in our day-to-day lives. The concept of divine timing and what to do when things are not happening on the timeline that you'd like for them to. Why the concept of, quote, everything happens for a reason is important for us to embrace. And so much more in this episode. I'm really, really excited for you guys to take a listen. So 
Um, as always, feel free to reach out. Let me know what you think about it. Questions you have, thoughts, uh, share it with us. And uh, without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Um, So if we could get started by you telling our audience, what is a spiritual medium? A spiritual medium is someone who has the ability to connect the living with the dead. And so I am used as a channel and those who have crossed over, so our departed loved ones, spirit guides, angels, they then communicate through impressing thoughts and feelings into the mind and body of the medium. And then it's up to us to accurately interpret that information. Got it. And so um, one of the things you talk about is this idea of team spirit. And I think that's, you know, you just alluded to that. Do you mind telling our audience what is a team spirit? Of course. You know, it's my um, fun little term that I came up with to describe the group of beings that surround you each and every day that are available to help you navigate your way through life. So it's made up of departed loved ones, spirit guides, which sometimes are composed of some of your departed loved ones, um, angels, guardian angels, archangels, ascended masters, and so forth. Okay, so back up. What are, do you mind just going through each? So descended loved ones, I get, right? Um, pe- loved ones who have passed on. So people we've, we, we knew in this lifetime. Yes. Tell me, what are spirit guides? Spirit guides are, think of them like teachers in your classroom. And spirit guides, um, they're sometimes people you knew and sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's an ancestor that it was a great grandparent, a great aunt or uncle that you never met. Um, A lot of times these guides take you on assignment and they are there to help you learn certain life lessons because they can uh, relate to what you're going through. So for example, let's say you have a great grandmother you never met, but you're named after her and you both have the same lesson on learning how to learn self-worth and not have people take advantage of you and walk all over you and to learn how to set boundaries. Well, let's say she crossed over and she didn't fully get that lesson right. And she peeks in and sees that you're struggling with the same thing. Well, as long as she's properly, you know, trained to responsibly guide you, she can then help you master that lesson. And then it becomes a win-win. And when you say she can help me, how, when, and maybe I'm getting off too far, you know what, I'm going to parking lot that question, because I want to keep going on these, on the team spirit. Um, Okay. So, so those are your spirit guides. How many spirit guides do we have? Is there an, is there a number? No, every, okay. well, there, I mean, everybody has a different number and it's more are not necessarily better. Sometimes it means we're a little more high maintenance and we need more help. <laughs> so um, we don't want a lot of them. <laughs> that's right. However, that means that I'm one of those people because okay. I have a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, the number doesn't matter. It's, it's what guides do you need at any given point in your life based on what lessons and challenges you're up against? And that's going to vary. Um, you know, Everybody has different types of guides based on the level of evolvement they're at. Mm-hmm. So some of us are newer souls and we're we're slower learners. And so we have it's again, I compare it to grades like kindergarten through 12th grade and we're all in different grades. One's not better or worse. It just means we've done the work to evolve to that different level. Mm, got it. Okay. Um, and so after spirit guides goes what next? 
So we have, um, we all have guardian angels. Okay. And we throw that term around pretty loosely in life. And, you know, the truth is a guardian angel is a, truly an angel. It's a being of light that generally has never incarnated into a human body, into a life. So that is why they're different from spirit guides and departed loved ones. Guardian angels, um, everyone has at least one. Sometimes we have um, two. And they are really there to comfort you, to keep you out of danger, out of harm's way, to make sure you don't leave this world before it's your time. Um, and they really remember and know your blueprint for life, meaning your destiny and the certain lessons you signed up for. And so they intervene when they're needed. But they're more in the background. So I compare them to more like the principal of a mm. school. That's really helpful. I like the school sort of aspect of it, that it really helps to explain it. Okay. So after guardian angels, we get to archangels, which I imagine are like superintendents of schools. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Come on. <laughs> so, yes, they are the manager of all the angels. Okay. And, um, you know, there's many different uh, archangels. There's four very well known. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Uriel. There's many more. In my second book, Awaken the Spirit Within, I go into 12 of them. But um, the point is they all have specific specialties, so to speak. So I'll give you an example. Archangel Michael's the angel of protection. He keeps you out of danger. Um, he helps you when you're afraid in any situation. But he's also the angel of loving kindness. Hmm. So sometimes we as humans come from our lower self. And if you pray to him, he will help you come from that higher self, um, you know, the soul part of you versus the ego. Got it. Okay. And so it's helpful for us each to know what do they do because then we know how, who to call upon for help. Exactly. And, and again, that team spirit is outlined in that second book for that reason. Um, and so, you know, again, there's, there's different levels of, of, of help. You know, sometimes you just need help finding a parking spot, which by the way, does work. Um, And sometimes you need big help. Like, do I stay in my marriage or do I leave it? Do I stay in this line of work or do I shift gears entirely? Those are the much bigger questions. And so that requires um, a higher level of guidance. Mm. So in those bigger decisions, does that mean that we should ask for help higher up the, the, um, yeah, the order? Yes. You ask for your highest guides. Um, again, the guardian angels that know your life's blueprint or mm. destiny. You ask, um, meaning I always tell people, if your mom's coming through and you didn't take her advice in life, why would you take it now? You know, take it like a grain of salt. And mom means well, always. These spirits, um, the ones I work with anyways, are not trying to mislead us. But they only know what they know. And the higher up they are, the more access they have to knowing, again, our soul's purpose. Mm. So you want to call on the guardian angels, the um, higher the archangels. It's the, those are more universal. They're available to anyone at any time. Um, and they're more generalized. Again, they have certain duties like Archangel Raphael's angel of healing. So if you're going through a very life threatening illness, you would want to be working with the Archangel Raphael and your own guardian angel and spirit guides. Got it. Okay. So then um, above archangels is what? That's really the ascended masters, and they they kind of coexist in kind of that higher heavens 
realm. So once you get up past, um, you know, once you're at angels and above, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all very enlightened higher beings. Um, So ascended masters are, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Moses, Kuan Yin. There's so many. and they come and go. I really identify. Um, I've I've worked with them, many of them, Buddha, um, Kuan Yin. But right now, Ganesh, Ganesh is um, the remover of obstacles. And if anyone is familiar, he's the elephant-headed Hindu god, and he helps us when we're we need um, help, like clearing the way when we're going through a bumpy, rough time in our life. Um, and so if you really get to know these ascended masters, they have special superpowers, so to speak. And they, in a sense, incorporate around you and in you to help you. And so the bottom line with the, your entire team spirit, we are not meant to navigate our life alone. You know, we have free will. We absolutely can. But why would we when we realize that there's this unseen behind the scenes help available that, you know, obviously um, is in our highest good. Yeah, I love that. There is behind the scenes help for us. I'm just writing it down. Um, So let's jump into that, the behind the scenes help. How do we communicate with Team Spirit? You know, the spirit world responds to our energy. So intentional energy, and I always tell people that means coming from your heart, not your head. So when you communicate, it does. you don't need to talk because it's all telepathic. You certainly can if that helps you to focus. Um, I, many times I've been walking down the street talking to, it looks like talking to myself, but mm-hmm. I'm talking to spirit. Um, but truly, you can do it quietly within. But as long as it's coming from a very heart-centered place, intentional, they feel you. They feel your truth. And all you do is communicate the same way you would with your best friend. Well, what do you mean to communicate with your best? Like, Meaning there's no formal way. There's not mm, like a prayer you say. You don't need to be sitting in church or synagogue. You can do it in your car. You can do it outside in nature. You can do it wherever you are. As long as you're in your heart and again, not in your head. Yeah, that makes sense. And and one of the things that you talk about in your most recent book, What the Dead Have Taught Me About Living Well, which is awesome, by the way, and we'll, we'll get more into that, but so great, um, is, is what it means energetically for the other side to meet with us in, in this plane or this dimension. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Of course, yes. Um, you know, in this world, so everything is energy. And energy, as anyone knows, especially any scientist knows, energy doesn't die. Energy just changes form. Okay. So right now, our energy is physically focused into a body. And so we are much heavier and denser than the energy of a spirit. But in the end, we're all the same energy. And what I see it as, it's light. It's sparks of light. That's how I see the spirits. I don't see dead people walking around in bodies. Some mediums do. I don't. I see energy, their energy, as sparks of light or um, things moving really fast, like um, out of the corner of my eye. Well, that spark of light, we all have it. I call it the God spark. <laughs> and that is our eternal essence. That's our soul. And that when when we all have that day, when it's our exit point, when we leave this physical body in this world, that is what remains that light. And so when I do a reading, 
I'm connecting with that light. And so I have to get my energy vibration as light and bright as I can Mm -hmm. to then be a match to the spirit's light and bright energy. So what happens is, as I meditate to raise my vibration, I try and get out of the, what I call party in my head, Mm -hmm. all that (laughs) so that you can actually have a, a quiet space to receive the download from the spirit. And the spirit then has to lower its vibration because it's vibrating so high, if there's no way I could connect with it where it's at. So it comes down, I go up, we meet somewhere in the middle, and that's where the magic lies. Hmm, got it. And so one of the things that that you talk about is that we are each able to communicate with our own guides where like, the gift that you have may be different than the gift that we have, is that you can read other people's energy or speak with their guides. Talk talk to us a bit about that, about the difference between your gifts and what we're capable of. Of course. You know, I am such a firm believer that we all have the gift of intuition. We all have a sixth sense and a psychic ability, but to different degrees. Some of us, it's stronger and it comes more naturally than others. And it's just like some of us are, are better artists than others, but yeah. we can all practice and develop it and, and try and get to that place that's perfect and right for us. Um, So nobody has a stronger, closer connection to your own intuition, your own inner guidance, and your team spirit, your departed loved ones, angels, and guides than you do. Nobody. And um, it just really takes, it's a matter of the willingness to suspend disbelief of that long enough to open up, to connect with it and receive it. Now, there are some of us like myself who are empaths, which means we're super sensitive to energy and we are... Um, here to do it for other people. And there are many people out there in this day and age, I'm seeing so many psychics and mediums popping up. It's like therapists. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> um, but And there's many genuine ones, many, many. And, and that we are here to sh- share our gift to help others, empower others, inspire others to do the same for themselves. Yeah, which is so, you know, that's something that I've seen a lot more as of recently is this, I don't want to say trend, but it's the best word I can think of, is of psychics and mediums training people how to use their own intuition, right? Like, how do you scale this and to show that you really can? Um, And so that's one of the things I think you do in all of your books really is that you are very much somebody who empowers others to connect on their own, which is a really beautiful gift giving to each of us. Thank you. I, I, when I worked with Doreen Virtue, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but um, she was my teacher and she's an author and teacher and a, a media intuitive herself. And she told me my specific purpose in using my gift was to do just that. And I knew it as truth because I've always felt so strongly. I don't want to disempower people to think they need to go outside of themselves for the answers. Because what I had to learn in the beginning was all the answers I needed were within me. Mm. So I feel very, very committed to sending and spreading that message. Oh, so good. And isn't that the truth for everything, right? I mean, I know I experienced that in doing where I, I do coaching work and, um, 
And it's the same thing where people are like, tell me what to do. It's like, no, that is not my job because, right? right? Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> I help you pull it from yourself, but it's not in me, it's in you. So anyway, right. it really resonates with me. So on that topic, how do we hear the guidance? Okay, so I'm just sort of walking everybody through, you know, we've talked about who the guides are. We've talked about how to ask them for help. Now, let's say you've asked them for help. Um, selfishly, I'm going to use a personal example. One, because I think it's helpful to use a specific example. Two, just because I'm being selfish. Um, so for, let's say, for example, my family, we're looking, we've been looking for a new house, which is funny. I know you brought that up in your own book. Um oh. And it's been a long while and we just keep running into um, roadblocks. We just can't find the house. So I've been asking my, you know, higher guides for help. And I don't understand, is it because it's not supposed to happen? Is it because um, divine timing or like, how do I listen for signs or look for signs? You know, I always tell people, don't look for it, just be open to it. When you're looking, you're trying to make it fit. And that's your ego trying to mm. force it, control it. Instead, just put the intention out there, be super crystal clear in, hey, I intend to move into a new home, the perfect home for our family. And I'm asking you to show me clear guidance and, and bring us to that home, then let go. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is signs come in many forms. And I talk about all the different signs in my books, but um, synchronicity, flow, things that happen. So let's say you say that prayer and an hour later, your good friend calls you and says, hey, my neighbor's moving. I'm not sure if you guys ever thought about moving, but you should check out this house, mm-hmm. right? So all sorts of um, different ways that your guides can then make what some people call coincidence, I call synchronicities happen. And or signs, um, you know, you might put that prayer out there and then then you turn on your TV and there's a ad on a commercial on for a real estate agent. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they talk to us in ways that you're like, wow, it makes you stop and say, that's funny. That's a you know, that could be a coincidence, but it's not. Um, so how do you know if so sometimes no signs are a sign. So yeah. meaning if nothing's happening. Or if nothing's happening, or you feel resistance, you just can't pull the trigger, you don't know what it is, that's your guidance to pause and wait. Mm. Because if nothing's happening, it means it's not a matter of if, but when, okay? And in divine timing, and and if you, anytime you feel resistance around anything, whether it's calling a certain friend back, or calling a real estate agent, or signing the contract to the house, that is your guidance. There's a reason you feel so resistant. That is huge. It's a red flag. It needs, you need to pause. It doesn't mean no necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, look, the signs will come and then gut check it. Take a moment and say, how does this feel? And if it feels good and light and flowy and easy, that's a yes. If it feels anything but that, then you need to pause or it's a no. Okay, so that's great. And I, and I always like to try and channel my my audience um because i imagine they all have similar things so when you talked about when things happened you know for example i had this happen yesterday where i was thinking of somebody for pr and i just had this intention and then sure enough like that afternoon i got in touch with this pr person anyway it was just like crazy synchronicity like i see that all the time happen to me or i think something boom and then it's like like where did that come from right and then there are other times the house is an example where I'm doing the exact same thing, right? Like I'm 
visualizing it and I'm setting intentions and I'm asking and then nothing happens. And so that's where you go to the point of, okay, the resistance is the sign. So when that happens, how do we handle that? Okay. You surrender. Ah, that's, surrender. You, that's what happened with me in my book, in my house. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just, that's where you say, okay, God and guys, change, change my mind about this. Mm-hmm. Help me see this differently because my ego is really attached <laughs> right. to the outcome. Yeah. Right. Because I'm sure my listeners are sitting in whether it be like you want to be in a relationship or there's a job you want or whatever, right? We all have our things, our house or, you know, a new whatever, and it's just not showing up, um, then what you're saying is also look for the lesson in what does it look like to surrender? What does it look like to not have control or, right? Exactly. You know, we, I think we all experience, um, we have a human self Mm -hmm. and we have ideas about how our life should look, Mm -hmm. how it should play out. But sometimes the universe has a different idea. And that is very humbling. And that is really the basis of my new book. It was my year of surrender and learning to let go of my attachments to the outcome and Mm -hmm. trust um, there is some bigger, higher order and some higher good, even though I couldn't see it at the time. Yeah, so good. Um, You know, one of the things that you talk about, and we touched on this a bit in our pre-interview, and I think it's on point with what we're talking about, is this concept of everything happens for a reason. And I know some people hearing that expression sometimes roll their eyes like, oh, that's just like a way to make lemonade out of lemons. Um, And it's BS or whatever. Um, What is your take on that? Right? What is your response to this idea of everything happens for a reason? Okay, so... Um, I know that to be true. I That is one thing the dead have taught me over and over again. And it is very cliche. And even for me, I roll my eyes sometimes mm-hmm. saying, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> however, um, what I have come to understand is we all sign up for certain karmic lessons we are here to learn and balance out, whether we are showing up to learn them ourselves as the student, or we are serving as the teacher for other people around us. That is part of, um, you know, our blueprint for life. And we come in with this loose script based on those lessons that we need to learn. So I don't think your destiny is set in stone. I think you are a co-creator and your choices, your free will dictate the outcome. But if you really just trust the universe and you surrender and ask to show up and allow God's will, right, to Mm -hmm. unfold, then if you go with the flow, that's what you're saying. You experience all these synchronicities and life is meant to be synchronistic and flowy like that. It's when it's not means that we're getting, we're getting in our own way. Our ego is trying to run the show. So everything happening for a reason, it it serves some part of our own personal spiritual growth to help our souls advance. I mean, this is a classroom of life and life is messy. Mm. So, you know, it's confusing, it's overwhelming. And I have to tell you, the only way I've been able to swallow that pill and know it happens for a reason is by calling on my team spirit daily and using them to help me navigate my way and to comfort me and guide me through those messy moments. And at the same time, keep it real, you know, keep it grounded, not woo woo out there. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but once we cross over, the spirits have told me you get a broader perspective and you get the aha moment. Oh, that's why I had to go through that 
tragedy of losing my child. Mm. You know, it, it forced me to learn authentic faith because when you go through messy moments, difficult, tragic times in your life, you have the opportunity. One of two things happens. It either takes you closer to your faith or God or some higher power knowing or further away from it. And the whole point is we are being challenged to re-remember what our soul knows that our mind has forgotten. And that is that we are so much more than our physical body and, and that there's something so much bigger going on, again, behind the scenes than maybe our human self can perceive. And so, again, this classroom is how we advance our soul. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, those who have been listening to my podcast for a while know that one of the books that most influenced me years ago was the book Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. Love, love love that book. Oh, right. And so is that for those who have read it um, or haven't read it, is that a bit of, of what the other side has told you? Like, is there validation of that's how it is? Yeah. You know, what's so funny about that. Okay. So when I was in college discovering I had this ability, my college roommate, um, who was very, um, she was a business major. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was not spiritual or into any of this at the time. And now she completely is. But, um, we came up, uh, we, we just had this vision of spirits being like these bubbles and clusters and, in soul groups. And we'd have these deep conversations. And then fast forward, like a year later, I read journey of souls and destiny of souls. His mm-hmm. second, and that's exactly what they talked about. And I told her we were channeling, I was tapping into this at a very young age, I was, you know, 19, 20 years old, but I was getting the same information that Michael Newton was writing about. And so, yes, over the last 20 years of doing this work, what I have come to know is that there's so much truth in, in the books um, he writes about and, and that, you know, we are eternal and there is reincarnation. And again, it goes back to, we're here in a classroom to learn certain lessons. Then when we're done you know, at this point, it's an ongoing to-do list. We're never going to get it all done in one lifetime. But then you take a break. Imagine crossing over being like um, summer vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're back to the school analogy. Yeah. And then when you're ready to jump back in school, you reincarnate and jump back into another lifetime. And then you pick up and let's say you're in the next grade. So you left off at the fifth grade. Now you're going into the sixth grade. You have a little more complex lessons. But also with that advancement comes more joy and more um enlightenment, which means it's going to most likely be a more enjoyable ride. Mm, So good. The more awareness that you have. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that 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 struck me from that book, and again, for those who haven't read it, I'll just give a quick um, overview that Michael Newton was a, I think a psych psychologist. I don't want to say it incorrectly, but he, he right? a, I believe he's an MD. MD. Okay. Thank you. Um, and he saw patients for, I think maybe it was about 40 years or something. And he did hypnosis again, stop me if there's anything I'm saying incorrectly, did hypnosis with them. And um, what he found in the hypnosis was these similar themes that everybody talked about the lives, their lives between lives again, to your point, when they crossed to the other side and he goes through and what he learned about lives between lives. And it is that we have soul groups and, um, there's a, you know, a group of, I don't remember how many souls, but let's call it like, well, you would know better at five to eight souls. So so the soul groups vary. It's usually between five and 25 from what my spirits have told me. Mm. And I think he says five to 15. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. okay great. Well, why don't you, I don't know why I'm explaining this. Can you explain? Well, no, you're I'm like, why am I talking? You're, the you're doing a great job. Well, the bottom line is to sum all that up is we keep um, re- reincarnating with these soul groups. Some stay behind in the afterlife while we go in for a lifetime and then we'll meet up with them. And sometimes they act as our spirit guides. Sometimes they reincarnate with us. So what is your mother in this lifetime may have been your child in your last lifetime. Um, and we are trying to help each other advance our soul's consciousness. And the whole point is we're trying to rise up this ladder of awareness, of enlightenment to become more godlike or goddess-like. And, and what I call God, I call love. Okay. Okay. So, um, there's, you know, really only two ways to operate. And one is from a fear-based place and the other is operating from love, which is again, your higher self, your God self. And the whole point of reincarnating and going through challenges and lessons is to advance our soul and to come to reach that place of love, of greater love. How do we, use, I love the concept of, you know, you're either operating from a place of love or you're operating from a place of fear. Um, what are some ways that if somebody is listening to this podcast and they know they're end up coming from a place of fear, right? But they can't get themselves out of that place. Like they can't make the leap to um, from a place of love. What what would you recommend in that situation? You know, I'm all about keeping it real. Like if you're really not there, then just be where you are. Hmm. You know, sometimes you just got to sit with the discomfort, the anger, the frustration, whatever it is. Just be real about it. Don't try and spiritually bypass it. You know, I know so many people who love and light it away. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're just burying it. it you, what you need to do is give yourself however long. Maybe it's six days. Maybe it's six months. Maybe it's a year. Who knows? Whether it's you're grieving something or you're just having a hard time forgiving someone in your life. Sit with it. Just mm. be. And then it will naturally dissolve. You know, it's almost like if you fight against it, you're going to make it bigger because whatever we give our energy and attention to expands, it it grows in size. And so I, I'd say just sit with it and then you can pray. I pray all the time and ask God and my guides to change my mind about it. Please help me see this through God's eyes. Help me see it through eyes of love. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you have a shift in perception and that shift changes everything. Hmm, that's really great. And then that's kind of goes back to the surrender is it's, it's letting it come through you as opposed to forcing it. Because I think, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, another topic I'd love to talk about is this idea of manifesting and our thoughts and how they impact. Um, and one of the hard parts about manifesting that I've come across and I've heard other people as well is if you can't see it, it's hard to fake your way into thoughts like, oh, wow, that, you know, whatever it is. I mean, like, yeah. again, let's use that house, for example. It's like, well, I haven't seen a house I like, so I can't even imagine what it would be like, you know? And so I can't visualize it. Um, so what do we do in that situation? Um, you know, what I've learned is that the universe responds to our feelings. So the mm-hmm. feeling the house is going to bring you, not mm-hmm. the idea of the house. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the house is pretty flat. There's no energy in it, but the feeling of a home. Mm-hmm. And if you can really get to that feeling of something and then just sit with it. It's, um, I, there's a set, I think it's 17 seconds. It's, there's some amount of time. It's under a minute. If you can sit with, a feeling for that amount of time 
and just visualize what it would feel like walking into this warm and spacious, light and bright home. Um, if you can sit with that, just put it out there for a minute, you start to call it in versus if you're doing it from a mind level mm. and you're just concrete saying, well, it should be this amount of in price and it mm-hmm. should look like the universe isn't going to respond to that. Right. Okay? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it really, if you're not there, if you can't find the feeling, then maybe you shouldn't be asking for that thing in the first place. Mm, well, there's a big, that's a big one right there. Right. Yeah. That's a really big one there. Um, can you talk to us a bit about manifesting? What has the other side taught you about manifesting? That we are active co-creators in our life and that um, while certain events are predestined, that not everything is um, a definite, you know, yes, like it's going to happen because we have free will. And so we can work with our team spirit and manifest certain things. But I always pray for my highest truth to come about because that means it's bypassing my ego. Because honestly, sometimes my ego says, I really want that. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And then it's the worst thing ever. I'm like, Mm -hmm. why did I want that? That ruined my life for Mm -hmm. the moment. (laughs) And so what I've learned is, okay, if there's something I feel strongly that I desire to manifest in my life, I ask for it. And then I say, but whatever's in my highest and best good, I pray for my highest truth to come about. And I then let go. And then you just trust if it comes naturally, organically, easily, it's meant to be. If it's not coming again, like the house, it's, it may not be a no, but it may just be not now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's really helpful. Uh, when you do now, just to talk a bit about your work, and I know you do a lot of great events across the country. Um, if you will share with uh, our listeners, you know, what is that experience like if somebody comes to an event of yours? Like what, what could they expect? What is it? What shows up? What's it like? So my events, I um, have done all sorts of, you know, workshops and lectures, but what I've really settled on doing for the most part are audience readings. And so I'll spend 10 minutes or so talking about who I am, what I do. And like, for instance, my book tour with what the dead have taught me about living well, I take, you know, 15, 20 minutes, talk about what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. And some of the key things I know with certainty after doing this work for so long. And I'll share, you know, the basis of that. But then I spend the rest of the time doing audience readings where I connect the living with the dead. I'm giving evidence that this is real. I'm huge on validation. I think it's what um, I always say the work speaks for itself, whether you're a total skeptic or total believer. The spirits need to bring through concrete evidence, things nobody could know, especially me, so that you walk out of there knowing, Mm. if not, you know, at the very least, just scratching your head, how could she know that, that they're with you, they are watching, they are listening, they are in your head, in your heart, and that after the evidence comes through, the spirits bring through very profound messages and they're universal for the whole room. They're messages that we all need to know, whether it's, you know, make quality, make time to spend quality time uh, with the ones you love, because at the end of the day, it's not our money. It's not our portfolio. It's not our title that we take with us when we die. It's our memories. It's the love we gave and received. Um, You know, it's the closure people need to hear. It's the um, I'm sorry's, I love you's. And so it's really a, um, a group, it's, it's a, it brings this sense of community when we're all sharing in that same magic 
for those two hours. And so that is that is what I love to do. That's my favorite part of my job. Well, it's so great. Um, and I just, I, I just sort of this question came through to me is, you know, I love the title of your book, What the Dead Have Taught Me About Living Well. And if you were to, I don't know, in some way, just summarize like, this gift that's been given to you that you've been able to communicate with the other side because of it, um, you now know what, like what, what would that the sort of big takeaway or takeaways be? You know, I now know that there's nothing to be afraid of mm-hmm. and that we are meant to enjoy the ride mm-hmm. and all the wisdom I've gained over the years and listening, witnessing all these readings and, and messages is that life is short. We are only here for X amount of time. And for each of us, that's going to be different. But to live in the moment, to be present, to be, and most importantly, to be you. Mm. They tell me all the time, just be you. Because that is the, your gift. That is what you are here to contribute towards, you know, your, it's your raising the consciousness of the planet. And the more you can be you and be a source of love and be of service to others, the more you're doing your part to help in, you know, this evolution. Awesome. Oh, that, that's wonderful. And I, I, you know, so if I hear it again, it sounds like there's five things. One, there's nothing to be afraid of. Two, life is short. Three, we are meant to enjoy it. Number four, be in the present moment. And number five, be you. That's a beautiful way to sum it up. And yes, those are some of Mm. the most important messages I hear on a daily basis. So good. What a gift you've given us, Rebecca. Thank you so much for sharing this. Yeah, thank you for holding the conversation and for, you know, doing the work that you're doing to open people's minds. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, that's wonderful. And um, I highly recommend everybody check out your book and your books. And the most recent one is What the Dead Have Taught Me About Living Well. And where can people find out more about you online? Uh, my website, it's RebeccaRosen.com. Great. And that's R-O-S-E-N. Correct. Great. And then they can also find you on Twitter and Facebook. Yep. I'm all over. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. So good to work with you. You too. I hope you all enjoyed that episode as much as I did and would love to continue the conversation. So please feel free to reach out on our Facebook page, which is Susanna Scully, S-U-Z-A-N-N-A-H-S-C-U-L-L-Y. You can find us at the same Twitter handle, Susanna Scully, and also over at Instagram. And our website is SusannaScully.com. So keep it pretty simple there. Thank you all for listening in and look forward to chatting with you next time.